Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Available every week from BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Well, hello and welcome to this week's edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Right here on BritishIceHockey.co.uk. UK. Coming up on this week's show, we're going to be catching up with the Sheffield Steel Dogs following their victory against Bristol last weekend. We're also going to be focusing on the North 1 division as we'll be joined by the Whitley Warriors and the Solway Sharks. And later in the show, we're going to be discussing the history of British ice hockey with author Michael Chambers. All of that and a little bit more on this week's edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. So hello everybody and welcome to this week's edition of of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Uh, We're going to be talking about the history of British Ice Hockey later in the show and discussing the book UK Ice Hockey, its history and competition winners with writer Michael Chambers. But we're also going to be talking about the here and now at the top of North 1 as we'll be joined by the two teams up at the top of that division, the Solway Sharks and the Whitley Warriors. But before that, it's to the Sheffield Steel Dogs. A memorable season last time round, winning a National Ice Hockey League double, clinching the National Cup and, of course, winning the playoff final in Coventry. This past weekend, they've moved up to sixth position in the National Division as they defeated the Bristol Pitbulls. And to discuss the mood now at the South Yorkshire Club, on Thursday, I caught up with Sheffield Steel Dogs head coach, here's Greg Wood. Well, Greg, a big thank you for joining us. And uh, first things first, just a big congratulations for what was achieved last year, um, a double at the club. How was that that final um, against Milton Keynes at the end of things? Um, it, you know, when, when you look at like hockey games back and... And you sort of analyse things and break things down. I think you know it, it was probably one of the most complete performances we've seen from from any club in this league over the last few years. Um, you know the way the guys applied themselves and and sort of nullified the offensive threat of, of arguably the most talented team in the league. And then obviously the way we took our chances and our special teams worked. 
Um, it, it really were a joy to see. Everything just fell into place and uh, you really couldn't sort of put a more perfect performance in at the right time. Just building upon that, I mean, it's, it's your hometown club, isn't it? And I mean, what's it? what did it mean for you as, as a head coach? Uh, you know, coaching your your hometown team like that to to get silverware. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Um, I took over this team back in what 2016 or so when it was, you know, we were a really low budget team in the old EPL, and that was an uphill struggle. We've had some tough times, and uh, for me, it was such a nice feeling just to sort of take a backward step and just just watch the guys celebrating with the families and you know partners, and you know it's been a long time coming, and just to see the guys so happy and. Even just seeing family members who I've known for for many years celebrating with the players and and uh, it just a really injected a lot of energy towards the club as as a, as a whole. It, it was a phenomenal year. I think, I think we could say that, can't we, safely? Um, so, um, I mean, how how was last season and and you know what what was achieved at the at the club? I think obviously it's it's, it's no sort of uh, it's no sort of secret. The Steel Dogs is a it's a low budget club and we have to do things the right way. Um, you know, last year we got very lucky with recruitment and coming off the back of COVID and everything else, we were able to sort of sign and bring back in guys that have maybe played just a little bit further afield for the last few years. And it goes back to that, you know, recruitment was bang on and then the development of sort of the young guys that we've had on our sort of books for the last four or five years has really come into fruition. But, you know, to be able to compete and, and and not just compete, but, you know, outplay teams with, you know, double our budget over the last season, um, it's really, really pleasing to see. And I think it, it just shows, you know, for, for the other low-budget clubs, if you get recruitment right and, you know, you sort of get the right sort of hungry young group of guys, um, anything can be achieved. And uh, with regards to, you know, that, that conveyor belt at the club, I mean, how, how's the club shaping up with, with regards to player development? Because like you say, there's... There's a good crop there, isn't there? There is, and like, like just going back to my previous point, you know, we're not a club that can go out and sign, you know, the best Brits from anywhere around the country. We don't have the facilities to house players. We don't have the the budget to go out and just sort of buy anybody and and sort of pay anybody, the, you know, the wages to 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 out sort of bid some of the bigger teams. Um, so for us, it's a case of just making sure that we've got you know a healthy crop of young players that we regularly have practice with us. And sort of just work with them. You, you enthusiasm comes through loud and clear in this interview, Greg. But how enthusiastic are you uh, about the future of these pathways that are being developed and and the club more generally? I think, like with any team, you know, before the mentality was is you know we can be competitive and we can we can win games, but do I genuinely think there were a belief that we could go on and win league titles and championships? I'm probably not so sure, but you know. We, once we've got over that line and, you know, we've had a bit of success and I think if you look at our records, so from, you know, starting from the streaming series there, you know, our records, it's, it's, it's really, really impressive. And I think, you know, success breeds success and I think now the guys have sort of had that little bit of a taster of it. They're hungry for more. I suppose that's the trick, isn't it, to try and keep the momentum going, uh, and and that that that's easier said than done in a in a competitive league like the national division. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is so competitive. You look from the bottom team to the top team, and there's very very little difference. But we talk about it all the time, and and legacy, and and the way you want to be seen. And you know, last year was fantastic, but that's that's been and done. If you want to be looked back in, say, another five six years, and you want to be recognised as an excellent team, a very good team. You have to do it over a couple of seasons. You can't just have a one-off season. 
And I think that's where, you know, our guys are really hungry. They want to cement their sort of place, you know, in in, in the club's history. Um, and we want to build something here. We're, we're really keen to build a team that's going to be at the forefront of every competition over the next few years. And uh, obviously it's very early days in in the league season, uh, but how important do you think that win against Bristol was? Because it, it just puts you back in touch, doesn't it, with, well, a, a good four-point weekend and, and, you, and you're and you overtaking MK Lightning potentially in second. So, I mean, it, it was, how important was that victory over Bristol just to keep yourselves in touch? Yeah, listen, nothing's won and lost in September or October. Um, but, you know, I, I, I heart back to it. And one of the very first sort of uh, things we talked about in, in our pre-season meeting was being ready for, for every single night. Um, we lost two games last year down at Bees. We lost two games at London last year. There's eight points. We weren't eight points away from a championship. So, you know, if, if you have aspirations and you want to win championships and you want to challenge in leagues, you can't have off nights and, you know, you, you must take points every weekend. It's as simple as that. So it's just, you know, my challenge to the guys were be ready. Um, and this is one thing I know about the team we got. In one-off games and championship games, and we showed that last year, we're we're a real tough match. And don't think many teams would really want to play us off in a one-off game. But over here, we, we all know that sort of the main success is, is, is the league where you have, to, you have to be consistent over 56 games or whatever it is this year. So, you know, it's our challenge to, to be there every single night and to take points from every single game. So um, the guys really responded to that and uh, it's been a pleasure to watch so far. Great stuff. And uh, obviously that, that takes us to um, this weekend's uh, doubleheader. And uh, we, sh- we should say first up uh, is, is Telford, uh, your place on, on Saturday evening. Um, what, what's your thoughts on, on this challenge? We all know Telford. They are the, the, the reason they were league champions last year is because they were so consistent. Um, it's a very good hockey club that's had that success over over numerous years. I know Tommy very well. I played with him at Coventry and our passive cross-coaching-wise for, for many years. And he has them well-drilled and they're organised and they're a hard-working team. And they're the sort of bar setters for this league. So, you know, we're fully aware it's going to be a really tricky weekend. But I've never bet against us. And if we do what we need to do and we play the right way and we execute what we put in place... Um, we have a chance of winning every game, and and like we touched upon, no easy games in this in this league and and all that. But that that's a team just beneath you in the league table. Then you travel to a team just above you in in, in Peterborough. This this is what you're in it for, isn't it? Though these these double headers like this, the, these games, important games. When you speak to head coaches in this division, they're becoming more and more apparent, and that that shows the quality of of the competition. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, there isn't an easy weekend. There's not an easy game in this league. Um, and it, it, it's from a from a coaching point of view, it, it, it's tough. However, it's it, it's super exciting, and you just know there's no resting on your laurels. You have to turn up. You have to apply yourself. You have to execute things, and you know you, you have to be ready every single game because you know if you're not, you'll you'll be beat. And it's it's as simple as that. Um, and I think one thing that I'm very blessed with is we're very lucky to have you know very good professionals. There's some really good senior heads on my team. And, uh, you know, they're fully aware of that and they, they sort of thrive on that sort of responsibility. So um, we'll, we'll give absolutely our absolute best this weekend as we do every week. Yeah, we'll fall up short every now and again. But, you know, the way we've been for the last couple of years, you know, I have full confidence in this team moving forward. 
Well, Greg Wood, uh, head coach of the Sheffield Steel Dogs, uh, a big congratulations on on that double um, last season. Uh, a big thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us this week and uh, all the best this weekend against Peterborough and Telford. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Cheers. Greg Wood, the head coach of the Sheffield Steel Dogs, joining us here on this week's edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Let's go from the National Division now to North One. A fantastic race developing up at the top of North One involving the Solway Sharks and the Whitley Warriors. And both teams go head-to-head next weekend. Shortly, we're going to be talking to the Whitley Warriors captain, that's Dean Holland. But before that, it's to the head coach of the Solway Sharks. It's a welcome back to the show to Martin Grubb. Uh, well, Martin, a big thank you for joining us and, and welcome back to the show. And just a big congratulations for last season. Uh, quite a phenomenal year for the Sharks. Uh, how, how was it? Yeah, firstly, thanks for having me back on, Ben. It's always a pleasure. Um, and thanks for the congratulations. You know, it's like every other year, you set out to be successful. You set out to win as many games as you can. And, and ultimately, that should normally lead to trophies. And um, last year, we were very successful. The players bought in right for the start. They deserve tremendous credit, and um, you know, ultimately ended up with with the league and, and both our own playoffs and then that national championship, which potentially is maybe one of the biggest trophies the club's won. Um, and great to to get the chance to put our wits against such a great great club as Streatham and that North versus South. So, um, fantastic season, one that will live long in, in the memory of both the players and the fans, and, and we're hoping to try and emulate that again this season. And, and coming off the back of COVID and and, and the restrictions and, and that side of things, to have a season like that, it's just brilliant, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, obviously it was um, was was not a good time for anybody um, in the world, let alone the sporting world, um, with, with the COVID situation. Um, and again, I think the, the, both the club here and, and the players, not, not just ourselves, but um, I guess in the ice hockey and sport world, but but the players here really bought into just regular contact and keep them up to date. And you know we, we've been a big advocate where our mental health jerseys are just people generally and making sure they were okay. So for the players to buy in and, and stay in shape and you know stay motivated and then get the season started and for the whole league to to be so competitive, everybody that that was involved in that deserves tremendous credit. I mean I think everybody likes nothing more than, than Saturday, Sunday, going out and trying to entertain the fans. So, um, huge achievement for, for the league to get started and get going right through the sport. And, and obviously, as we've said, massive for us to come back and be so successful in the back of that. Well, big congratulations again, Martin, uh, for, for last year. But that then takes us to this year. And uh, it's been it's been a cracky start to the season. I mean, heading into it, what are your expectations for this year? Because, you know, building on last year, I'd, I'd expect you to be thinking about doing the same again, but easier said than done. Definitely easier said than done. I mean, obviously there's a lot of good teams in our league and a lot of teams have improved. And, and I think we start the season with a little bit of a target on our back as the, we've been so successful in having the titles. But yes, you're right, we go in um, and our expectations don't really change. We we want to go in and, and try and win every game that we that we play. We want to go in and, and try and win every every competition that we enter. And whilst doing that, we want to still have that philosophy the club has of developing players, especially young guys, through to the the highest level they can. Um, and so far, we've started well. We had the, the overtime loss to uh, in Billingham, but apart from that, we've got a perfect record so far. 
and and built on um, scoring, uh, we should say that the weekend just gone has been uh, pretty pretty epic stuff with that regard. You know, beating Blackburn and, and Solihull, scoring ten goals each in, in both games. What's your thoughts on on how you've started with regards to going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the weekend there was probably the most complete we've played in in, in a long time, and I probably include the success of last season in there as well because we had a little meeting on the Friday night. I think there was a little bit of a little bit, of, might be wrong to call it hysteria, but there was a little bit of panic setting in with people, probably outside the club, because we had lost one game in overtime and some people were not, not used to losing because we were so successful the year before. So it was just a little chat with the players on on the Friday to say, listen, nothing changes. We, we're not entitled to, to win anything. We'll have to work hard and stick to our principles. And we tried to simplify our one that we're going to play two good teams, two hard-working teams. And two teams, if I'm honest, that we'd struggled against in, in the season before. Solihull, I think every game before that was a one-goal game. And both games down there last year were also one-goal games. So we focused purely on ourselves. And we've said that from the start, coming off of the back of a successful season. Sometimes complacency and, and in your own head is your, is your biggest opponent. So get back to doing what we're good at, using our speed, using our skill, being ruthless in front of the net. And I think the players, as I say, they really bought into that. They took their chances. And um, ultimately, as you say, 10 goals in, in both nights was, was fantastic for us. And the most pleasing thing for me was not only the, the amount of goals we've scored so far in the season, but we've scored some really nice goals. We're playing some really nice hockey. And I think that's entertaining and it's fun for the players and it's fun for the supporters to watch. So we'll, we'll keep trying to get better as we go and, and hopefully continue to play that brand of exciting, fast, skillful hockey. And, and like you said, it, it's, it's bouncing back as well after the, the Billingham defeat. Um, and, and it goes back to what you said at the start of this, just about how competitive North One is and, and you know, it gets better every year. So um, it's it's kind of a lesson there, isn't it? At the back end of September to the squad and, and the roster that basically there's no easy games in this league. No, 100%. Um, you know, we've said it before that you have to be on your game um, every night in this league. I don't think it gets the credit it deserves at times where you know people maybe don't really appreciate the quality of player and team that are in here. And if uh, if you do have an off night, then you know you get punished for it. And that's happened to us um, obviously once this season. But like you say, it's about, about bouncing back and showing that bounce back ability that you've got within your group. The players showing their character to make sure that they, they appreciate that we've got to go in and, and we've got responsibility to go and entertain and, and work hard for our, our fans every week. And, you know, that was a, a pleasing aspect of the weekend. It's, it's not just quite bouncing back, but bouncing back with a bit of style. Um, and then hopefully now that any potential complacency is now gone and uh, we're hoping to kick on and, and you know, put in a performance every game we play for 60 minutes or 60 minutes plus. So uh, you're seven games into the season thus far and uh, top of the league, uh, but just a point behind you at the moment is is the Whitley Warriors and uh, they're, they're a cracky team, aren't they? So what, what's your take on, on how this league season's shaping up thus far early doors? Yeah, I mean, like you say, Whitley, uh, quite a fantastic team. Um, good coaching with David Longstaff. Paul Matthews, the general manager, runs it really, really well. Tremendous support for them and a rivalry between the two clubs has grown over the years because we've tended to be one and two, whatever way around it's been. So the game, even the game this year against them, really good hockey game. We took a nice lead. They showed their character and come roaring back at us. And, and you know, we had to show a bit of steel to, to get through that. So, I, I mean, I would expect, if I'm honest, I would expect us to be to be one and two and, and fighting out who's going to win and, and kind of who's going to finish runner-up there. But 
I don't think you can discount any other team. Obviously, as we said earlier, Birmingham have taken uh, a two points off us so far, and they were a young team last year, and they're a year better. Um, you know, I was really impressed with the games we've played them so far. We've not seen a couple of teams, but you know, everybody. I still think everybody's capable of beating everybody on any given night, and there'll be some. I think there'll be some results that people may be shocked with as the year goes. And it'll be, I've always kind of said, but it's always about the team that finds the most consistency. And if you can grind out the results, even if you're having an off night, and you can be the most consistent team in our league, then you normally find yourself as, as the champion at the end. And, and obviously, ultimately for us, we know that anybody can beat us, but we're going to try and be that team that finds both the quality and the consistency on any given night to, to hopefully be top of that league come the end of the season. And and just looking ahead, Marty, to to the the month, uh, the, the remainder of October, uh, weekend off uh, for for Solway this weekend, uh, but then then back at it next week, uh, hosting Nottingham. But then that game against the Whitley Warriors at uh, at the Whitley Bay Ice Rink, um, and finishing things off with uh, two home matches against Widnes and, and Blackburn. Um, so, what, what's your thoughts on on these games coming up? Because especially that away trip to to Whitley, that's um, they're, they're going to be up for that, aren't they? Definitely. I mean, it's uh, our first visit to to Hellheads in this season. Um, so obviously, both teams have got some new guys in the lineup, and and. They've come to us and, and we've managed to win the hockey game. So they've seen what it's like coming up to, to Solway. We've now got to see how we can react going into, into their building. Right now, Whitley are playing really well. They're scoring lots of goals. They're winning games. Um, so we, we know it's going to be a huge game. We know we're going to have to be ready to go there. But I think before that, we've we've got to try and stick to our, our mantra of one game at a time. And you can't disrespect or, um, or not be ready for Nottingham the night before. So... We'll prepare next for, for playing Nottingham and, and hopefully get a good performance and get the get the points. Then go into a difficult venue and against a good team in, in Whitley. And, and again, we'll be going there looking to win like we always we always try to do. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to put a performance in that does that and then kick on in the rest of the month. I mean, like every other month, we'll, we, we break it down and, and we'll be looking for maximum points come the end of this month. Um, and hopefully we get that, but you know, if for any reason we don't, we'll just have to regroup again like we have and uh, be ready to go. So, good set of games, majority of them obviously at home that are left in this month. But that, yeah, can't deny that that, that one in Whitley is the is the big one that we're looking forward to. I'm sure they're looking forward to, and I'm sure that will be a cracking game along with the rest of them. Yeah, and, and games like that one. There's going to be a cracking crowd there in the northeast, isn't there? For for it, and it's going to be a, a great advert for the division. Um, and Marty, just to, before you go, um, how much are you looking forward to the remainder of the season? I know we're uh, a month or so into it now, but it, it it feels like it's it's developing nicely for the club. Uh, so, uh, how much are you looking forward to October and beyond at, at the Sharks? Yeah, we're excited. Um, you know, I think uh, from honest personally, I would have rather played this weekend coming off the back of a of a really good weekend last week, but, you know, that's just the way it is, and I guess it's a good sign that, that we want to keep playing and we're, we're not kind of looking and asking for, for a little bit of time off to maybe regroup, so yeah, definitely excited. I think the, the team's coming together well. We've started well. Long way to go, and, and obviously we know we've got to keep progressing and, and keep getting better every week and keep working hard, but I think that the league's looking good. I think, um, you know, there, there's some big games coming up for, for not just ourselves, but the league. And hopefully, um, come kind of that Christmas break for us, we're sitting in first place where we want to be. 
and I'm, and I'm sure that the season as a whole, coming right down to the business end, will, will stay exciting. It will stay close. It will be a tight league, I think. And, uh, you know, we're, yeah, we're just looking forward to, to every single time we can play. No, great stuff. Uh, well, Martin Grubb, head coach at the Solway Sharks, a big, big thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us this week. Have, have a lovely weekend and uh, all the best for the remainder of October and beyond. You too, Ben. Thanks. Always a pleasure. Martin Grubb there, head coach of the Solway Sharks, joining us here on this week's edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. So that's the view at the Solway Sharks. Let's go now to the Whitley Warriors, currently sitting second in the North 1 division, one point behind the Solway Sharks. And on Thursday, I caught up with their captain. It's a welcome back to the show to Dean Holland. Well, Dean, a big thank you for joining us. And uh, just before we uh, touch upon this weekend's matches, uh, just a bit of a, a general catch-up. A four-point weekend just gone. Uh, so congratulations on that front. Uh, how, how's the season going thus far? Yeah, it's going well. Um, I missed a little bit at the start, but the, the lads done really well. I think they only lost the one game to Solway up in their rink. So we've had a pretty decent start. The game against... Sheffield on Saturday was it was it was scrappy in 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 places, but we managed to get the two points there. That's all that matters. They they played well. They come out. They've got a really young team. They come out and they they worked really hard. And what a win against Nottingham as well on 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 the Sunday. Yeah, definitely. The obviously the score before that at home was only two one, and to come out was I think eleven two. It was a totally different game. I think uh, there was a lot more respect for for Nottingham, and that's why we that's why we ended up taking the game to them so hard. And and touching upon, uh, you mentioned the Solway Sharks result um, in the middle of September. How how pleased is everyone with the run that you've been on since? Because they, these are pretty comprehensive victories you're picking up here. Um, so that that shows great character in the team. I'm going to suggest. Yeah, definitely. There is a lot of older players in there that want to win, and the younger ones are coming through, and they they're following that lead as well. And it's uh, it's nice to see one defeat to Solway. Um, hopefully, we can get that back throughout the year. I know they're very strong, and probably will strengthen their team as well through throughout the season. I would have thought. And but if we can uh, if we can keep going and just keep plugging away, then hopefully we can take a couple of victories off them. And, and touching upon the, the start of the season more generally, I mean, when it is early days in, in the league season, but when you look at the league table, it's looking like at this early juncture that it, it's it's Solway and, and, and Whitley uh, and maybe Billingham with, with games in hand. But it's it's been a phenomenal start. Is it meeting expectations this season thus far at the Warriors? Oh yeah, without a doubt. I don't know. I don't know what we sort of expected this year because we obviously lost a couple of players just to like retirement and stuff and obviously we lost Jordan to an injury and we didn't really know what to expect um I think at the at the minute we're really obviously very happy with the start um I think you can expect Solway to be up there you've just got to hope that maybe the drop points here and there and, and we can take a couple of victories off them I mean, there's a big game coming up in a, in a couple of weeks' time, isn't there, which we'll, we'll get to shortly. But uh, just to touch upon yourself, uh, Dean, as well, because um, this is your, is it your seventh or eighth consecutive season uh, at the club? Um, so, uh, eighth, on, eighth, eighth. eighth consecutive so season. For, you know, big congratulations on, on that front. Um, I mean, how much are you enjoying ice hockey at the minute? Yeah, and you know what? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying being back in the rink. It's... Uh... It's good. Um, the, we've got a good bunch of lads there that everybody will all, all get on, all there for each other. I think more so this season than last season. It's a happy place to be on that team with the type of people that are there. 
I mean, you touched upon the the, the roster more generally. You know, there's there's experience there. Um, but just to touch upon the the club more generally, coming out of the other side of COVID, junior players at the club as well. Uh, I mean, how how how's combination going out, out, as we come out the other side of COVID now? Yeah, you know, it's it's going good. Like when we started practicing again after COVID, we had lots of young young guys just training with me, even if they weren't going to play with me, they were still they were still training. And I think it's going to prove because I think I think a lot of them will end up getting to play this this season. And and speaking of your experience, I mean, as as the captain as well, that's a, I'm going to suggest a great privilege that you know you're there and some of your more experienced teammates as well helping these younger players develop at the club. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, obviously that there is a lot there is a lot of experience. Like Chalmers is really experienced. He's played and he's won he's won few championships. He's played in lots of different countries. Uh, Harry Hawley, he's really experienced and he's a, he's a great lad to have and uh, shows so Sean Kippen, you know, he's he he leads he leads the team really. Well, uh, let's touch upon um, this weekend's match. Uh, just just one game for yourselves. That's uh, um, at home to to D side um, this weekend. They've not played that many games, have they, in the league thus far? Um, so it's a bit of an unknown quantity, isn't it? They've they played one and 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 won one essentially. So, uh, what, what's your thoughts on this challenge this weekend? Yeah, I think D side are going to be really good. I think it's going to be a really uh, really hard game. I think they're going to be a strong team. I know they've got a couple of couple of good players and. I think it's they they will cause lots of problems for for us and for the, for any other team in the league to be honest. And then that takes us then one game at a time and all that. But it's it's Solway Sharks the the weekend after um, two vitally vitally important home games. Um, we'll get to on the ice in a second how important that game is next week. Uh, but how how important uh, the the home crowd and and cheering you on in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, do you know the. The, I think we've got the best crowd in the league. We've got the definitely got the best fans in the league. The fans love the team and they don't really have anything bad to say about the players. They know that we we do it for for nothing essentially, and we we're just we, we like to play the game and they love to come and watch it and hope, hopefully we can get results for them because they deserve it. And how big is this game next week uh, against Solway next Sunday? Do you feel? Yes, yeah, right. It's another game. Uh, I think that's the way we're going to be treated. It's it's just it's another game. We 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 want to go out and we want to win that game, and that's that's all there is to it. Really, it's not like it would not hyping it up as like a league decider or anything because there's still D side have only played one game. They could be right up there towards the end of the season. I think I think yeah, it's just another game for us, and we'll we'll take it. We'll see how it goes. All that being said, uh, we, we we do have to say it's, it's going to, whatever happens, it's going to be a cracking advert for North One, isn't it? I mean, it's looking in from afar. It, it feels like box office, and like you say, crowds are good, aren't they? Uh, uh, Whitley uh, Warriors more generally, so it's going to be a, a cracking advert for for to British ice hockey, isn't it? Yeah, you know the games are always exciting between us and and Solway. I think last year, I think. All the games was well, like two goal games, and except from one, I think whether I think the blew out like I don't know, like eight, eight or nine nil or something. If you take that one out, all the rest of the games with those two goals in it, it could have went, could have went either way really. So hopefully, hopefully it's more the same. Absolutely, and just just a shout out as well for for this game. Like we said, you're going to need that crowd there, aren't you? So, like we touched upon the D side game, an unknown quantity. Um, so you're going to need a crowd this weekend, but you're certainly going to need a crowd next Saturday as well for for that game against Solway. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, we're obviously our fans always turn up in numbers, and 
they they make lots of noise and you don't we, we we don't have to prompt them to do that they they come and they travel a lot lots of their rings we normally go to other rings with more fans than what the home team have got so we know we're not relying on our fans to make to make lots of noise Great stuff. And and last question, Dean, uh, just about this season more generally. Obviously, I, I know we're in early October now, so we've had a, a month played thus far. But um, how, how much are you looking forward to, to this campaign and, and the challenge of, of North One and this competition up at the top end that Whitley Warriors uh, are hoping to be involved with? How, how much are you looking forward to this season? Yeah, I kind of wait, you know, like I think uh, as long as we're competing with every team, I think that's what we're aiming for and um, to have fun. That's a whole point in playing, so you've got a smile on your face and hopefully we can do that this season. Great stuff. Uh, well, Dean Holland, uh, captain of the Whitley Warriors, a big, big thank you for taking the time out your day to join us on this week's show and uh, big good luck this weekend and a, a big good luck in that uh, box office game next week against Solway. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Dean Holland there, captain of the Whitley Warriors, joining us here on this week's edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. That's nearly it for this week's edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. But just before we go, got a very, very interesting interview to bring you to close this week's show off. Last year, a new book on UK ice hockey was published. It's called UK Ice Hockey, It's History and Competition Winners. It's a pretty comprehensive book charting all the stats that you could possibly need covering every single season from 1896 right through to last year. And the man who collated it all is Michael Chambers, and I caught up with Michael on Thursday. Well, Michael, a big thank you for joining us. Um, tell us tell us about the inspiration for this book. How did the idea come about? Uh, I was thinking, first of all, that something a book like this wasn't around. I had to scrimmage and scrape through the internet uh, and books to find out the information myself, and I wanted to see it on paper, right there in front of me, who'd won what and what the competitions were all about. Uh, and I suppose with my clerical background, uh, my love for mathematics at school, and thus you get these statistics, I was just an ordinary fan uh, from the second game in Nottingham, watching the game, getting well into it, and got caught up. And the writing just came about in that way. They say that there's a book in everybody, so I'm just uh, starting out on the sixth book at the moment. Now, the benefit of this book is for, for anyone who loves ice hockey is all the records are put in one place. And I can tell you, um, you know, preparing interviews for this show uh, week in, week out, it's it's tricky sometimes to find all the, the information where, where you need it. So how, how difficult was it to get information from the 19th century? Well, I have to thank the uh, two people that I've been in touch with as regards uh, finding information. The Hockey Archives website is a French site. Uh, it actually has all this information down there. And Ben Hassin, on the other side of the uh, the pond, he's actually been in touch and asked for help from myself. And there we had a, a conversation and, and discussing things and found out that we were both related to the interest in stats and information. And uh, I was able to compile information from, obviously, other sources, other people. And thank goodness from the Nottingham Panthers statistics that I do first air in the 40s, simply by the fact that, I relied on other people and gracious thanks to them, you know, for the information that they've uh, adorned me with. 
just to say as well, when you you cover a sport like this, like like you've done over you know well over a hundred years worth of history here, I bet it's it's great as well to you know find those names like you know Doran Wasps or going back to you know princes and stuff like that and and the university teams. I mean, so so many clubs here covered o- over the years, uh, both that exist now and and clubs that sadly no longer. Yeah, I mean, I started watching hockey myself uh, in the 1980s. And even the chap that's on the forward for this, Steph, who's done the announcing at Nottingham at the moment, uh, you know, we can remember teams that have gone by the by uh, and they're in the history books now and, and as winners and such like. And we've in, enjoyed listing titles, you know, that people have won, the teams that have represented our country in the European competitions and for Great Britain. It's been an enjoyment, but sitting in front of the computer every night can be the worst thing. But seeing the production at the end is the good thing, that you can put things to the public domain, that they can actually not have to pick out the air by going through the computer like myself so many times, but pick a book up and look at it and you know remind themselves of what we've done. Obviously, with a sport like ice hockey, it's, it's had its... It's peaks and troughs with regards to popularity and, and participation. It does feel like at the moment we're, we're entering a stage where it's it's on the up with, with Premier Sports coverage and, and the second tier, the National League, and, and the tiers below that producing British players. Um, so it feels like we're, we're on an upward trajectory at the moment. Uh, but when, when do you feel um, ice hockey was in particular bloom uh, in the British Isles over the, over the, uh, the decades? Well, obviously, uh, it was a learning curve and they brought rules in and they brought the organisational flair to it all. Hockey really got going in the 30s and 40s and the 50s, a bit of a boom. There was the financial difficulties, obviously, after war. You find out that uh, Christmas pantomimes and everything else that was being on show in, in arenas really put uh, a back burner for the ice hockey. Uh, but when we played regional hockey in the 60s, 70s, it was only, only home tournaments in the 60s. Uh, then you get the regional leagues where the strong uh, northeastern English clubs and the Scottish clubs were based. And you would get the uh, Midland League and the Intercity League. And those leagues, when they finished, the top two teams might play off to even find the eventual league winners, as opposed to the playoffs that we have now whereas we uh, have it quite national and all the teams in the league participate dependent on if they qualify. Uh, so, yeah, like you say, it's, uh, it's improving. Just get the uh, public aware of it and because it's on the TV, hopefully a bit more interest and fill up those uh, stadiums that need it. Yeah, that, that's the key, isn't it? The TV exposure, because I remember as a kid watching Grandstand and Durham Wasps taking on the Whitley Warriors, for example, would be on telly. Uh, and it's stuff like that, isn't it? It's, it's getting the sport back into the public consciousness. And, and hopefully that's what we get from Premier Sports now. Indeed, yeah, yeah. I, I still got those tapes now and I'm playing them when I was watching my team. And that music that kept coming on every time we got a goal, uh, I don't know what it was called, but uh, yeah, those are the, the heydays for me. I really enjoyed it. I even, even cried when we, when we won the playoffs one time, my team. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been my life, really. Yeah, and the, the, my, my time was uh, in the nineties with Manchester Storm and stuff like that. When when the arena side of it re- really took off, and uh, obviously we, we've got this this like hybrid now, haven't we? Where we've got the uh, traditional clubs like like Fife, who've who've been around for for years, uh, decades, uh, probably centuries actually. Uh, <laughs> you've got yeah, then you've got the the likes of of, of Belfast, uh, you know, a relatively new club, all in the same division. I mean, what's what's your take on the future? It's funny because it 
it's a minor sport in this country because of the ability to, to build arenas and such like. You can't like football just right onto the grass and play. Uh, when we're talking about future of this sport, I think the best we can have is to follow those links that we've got, get them filled up, get a bit of publicity and media, and we might push towards getting new arenas being built to uh, to progress. So, you know, there's the odd thing that it's the biggest attended indoor sport, and it's getting people like the BBC acknowledging that, and then Sports Personality of the Year acknowledging us by putting a little bit of something up. Absolutely, and speaking of arenas, you know, recently we've had a new ice rink in Leeds, a new ice rink in Bristol, um, so if we get more ice rinks in, in major cities like that, then hopefully. Uh, Michael, you mentioned as well that you're onto your sixth book, uh, so uh, it'd be remiss of me not to mention uh, the other ice hockey books uh, that you've got, so I mean, what's what else is available? Well, as I, as I do this as a, a hobby, I started with a local Nottingham book, statistical guidebook, followed it up with a, a factual scrapbook. I never like short titles. Uh, and I'm just doing the, the latest one, which is the, the Complete Works. Uh, other than that, I just threw myself into a murder mystery story, which <laughs> right. uh, uh, done out. Then I did a, a version, A4 version, of the Great Britain ice hockey team. Again, it was trying to find the the right results and getting in touch with the international body for them to send me some uh, statistics. So he's got every single tournament, every single thing that's happened. Uh, and then uh, put that out. Couldn't really afford to do it at the time. So uh, Andy French took it on and produced it. And that went and was sold by the international body. And and just touching upon uh, the Nottingham Panthers, um, it kind of mirrors the discussion we've had here. You know, it's it was a what is it nineteen forties? I think the original Nottingham club, uh, and then you know there was a time where it wasn't there, and and now now look at the place. I mean, it's 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 one of those stories, isn't it? That hopefully could be could be mirrored across the country. Yeah, hopefully people could uh, envisage, uh, as I say, at five, 1938, we started actually, we got a team together in 1939, right. but because the uh, advent of the, the war, so a couple of challenge matches were, were played. And then, uh, of course, we began in domestic play in 1946 uh, till the present date. Uh, 20-year break uh, up till 1980. And then, uh, you know, we've been going since then and... Uh, I've, I've enjoyed watching the game home and away. And like a lot of people, you can see it on the television now and uh, get a fever for it. Oh, great stuff. And uh, those books also available on Amazon? Well, the, the next one I'm doing, the complete works, will be going up hopefully for the new year or for Christmas. Uh, I find it's a lot easier because when you get books printed nowadays, if anybody wants to do this, uh, you can do it on, on your computer at home get them printed somewhere but you might not make sales and you'll end up with a pile of 50 books in the corner of the room you don't want that amazon.co.uk uh, it's an easy way to put it onto the internet people can go and buy it as they wish uh the only thing is the cut is a little bit less <laughs> so you know you have the paper printed and everything else on top uh so i just really have to acknowledge and, and thank people for the free help you know uh, the photos from people like Mike Smith. Uh, I've written a bibliography because I appreciate the work that people have done writing their books. Um, Paul Breeze, who helps me put it on Amazon. And uh, I would like to hear from anybody who, who can actually or have any pictures uh, from the 08-09 season to the present day uh, of themselves with players, perhaps, or, or somebody that can draw cartoons, just to complement a new book that I'm doing on Nottingham. But, uh, but going back, the components of 
of ice hockey were grown up from the, the Greeks, the Danes, the Scots, different uh, competitions, you know, sports played like Shinne, Hurler in Ireland, and Bandy, which is closely related as well. And uh, writing this book, I hope uh, people appreciate it's, it's easier to pick a book up and read about it than trying to find the information yourself. You can get the stats. They are available on different websites and stuff, but to get them all in one place, and I have to tell you, Michael, um, I, I am going to get this book as well because um, it's it sounds like a godsend, to be honest, like you say. Uh, Michael, where, where is this book available then for those people who, who like the sound of this? It's uh, on Amazon.co.uk at the moment. I suppose you just go on there and put in my name, Michael Chambers or Michael A. Chambers, or even the book's title, which is UK Ice Hockey. That will pick it up quite easily. And uh, I just hope that everybody enjoy it. Absolutely. Uh, well, Michael Chambers, author of UK Ice Hockey, its history and competition winners, a big, big thank you for joining us. Congratulations on the book and uh, speak to you very soon. Michael Chambers there, writer of UK Ice Hockey, its history and competition winners, available now on Amazon. Uh, well, that's it for this week's edition of the British Ice Hockey Podcast. A big thank you to all my guests this week for joining me. Remember, for the latest goings on from the world of British Ice Hockey, you can visit the website britishicehockey.co.uk. But I've been Ben, and you'll make sure you all have a lovely and safe weekend. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.